I want us to really embark on this journey together. I'm going to make you, uh, many of you, very nervous over these next five weeks because we need to be men and women who take a look at the whole counsel of Scripture. There are things in the Bible that if you're not careful, you become a blinking Christian and you read and you see something you don't get or don't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't jive, you, you've not been taught that before, and you just kind of blink and go on. And uh, we don't want blinking Christians. We want the whole counsel of Scripture in every one of our lives, and it is a great morning for us to start to take a look from the standpoint of what we can learn from moms and launch into an understanding of what God didn't just send His Son, Jesus, to be the example for us to follow. He sent His Holy Spirit to empower us to be the Jesus that our world needs us to be. And I want you to know, you've made doctrinal conclusions, you've had experiential conclusions when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you've had theological conclusions. I want to ask you, do you have biblical conclusions? And we're only going to look at Scripture as we walk this out. And, um, and I'm just, I, I want you to know right up front, I'm going to say this again in, in week, a few weeks here, but isn't it true when our children are trying to do their very best, it's almost amusing to watch, but we really appreciate it, right? Especially when they're really little, <clears throat> like they don't get it. How many of you know they don't get it? But it is so sweet that they're giving their best. And I think it's kind of like that God the Father is looking right now saying, oh, that's so nice. Lawrence is going to talk about the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach on the Holy Spirit for a few weeks. He doesn't really get it, but, you know, he's doing the best he can. And I, because we're going to talk about, you know, all these elements, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is all that about? And then we go to the book of Revelation. And there's the seven spirits of God. Don't tell me you have all this figured out. You might feel like you've wrestled it down to the ground and you've got it ironclad. And I want to tell you that's normally the result of pride in your life. Let's humble ourselves and explore Scripture. And every one of us can learn something as we take a step forward of what this is about. Agreed? Lord, I thank you for a healthy environment we call our church family where none of us have it all figured out, where we're all on a journey just trying to find our way. Help us today, Lord, to launch forward in what you're desiring to reveal over the course of these next five weeks together. And I thank you, Father, there's much to be learned, and we're just desiring to become more who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we can learn a lot from our moms. God has purposed that our mothers carry a certain revelation to our world that we embrace and that we can understand and comprehend. I learned a lot uh, from my mom. Growing up, I listed five things I wanted to say thank you that I'd learned. I learned faith. How many of you have learned faith from your mom? I learned faith from my mom. She said, you better pray that comes out of the carpet. <laughs> faith was awakened in my heart. I learned time travel from my mom. So you better straighten up. I'm going to knock you into next week. That's what she said. I learned behavior modification from my mom. Stop acting like your father. That's, that's behavior modification. I learned hypocrisy, my mom. If I told you once, I told you a million times, don't exaggerate. And I learned foresight from my mom. Anybody learn this? <laughs> you better wear clean underwear. You might be in an accident. I just want to say on that fifth and final point, I was in an accident, 
And like I smashed into a car, and that's why I have this scar on my face. I slammed into the windshield. It was before the days of seatbelts being a law, and I should have been wearing it. It wasn't. But I knocked myself unconscious, hitting the, broke the mirror, broke the windshield, and my face is lacerated open, blood everywhere. And all I could think about sitting there about to bleed to death is, oh, God, I haven't changed my underwear recently, you know? It's just... <laughs> I mean, it only been about a week or so, Mom, but. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Raise your hand if you want to grow in hearing the voice of God. Just hold it up there. Holy Spirit, you are the key that unlocks the promptings, the guidance. You are our teacher. You're our comforter. You remind us of the things revealed in our lives. Holy Spirit, let this be more than just a positive motivational speech, but let there be impartation from the Father heart of God in, this, in these moments together. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's something that we can really learn from moms, and it's very relevant to um, the emphasis we want to bring. The University of Arizona published reports and I've seen this reference in various articles, but women who claimed to have an intuition about the gender of their child were right 70% of the time. That means almost three out of four times when a mom says, it's a boy, it's a girl, according to their research, moms are right. How many of you know there's something called mother's intuition? And how many of you know mother's intuition is more than just some kind of natural intuition? But you and I are wired by God to possess faculties beyond what the logical realm can possess and understand. I want to try and provoke you into a place beyond what you have wrestled down as your logical conclusions about all the stuff God's wanting to awaken in your life. I believe God wants to make us powerhouse men and women of God, not for the sake of our being something, but because He is something, and we want to reflect His glory and declare His life. There is an army God is raising up in this hour in the world, and that army is called the church, and we need to be inspired and empowered Powered by God to walk out the plans of God with those types of abilities being awakened within us beyond the natural realm. We're all designed with senses and abilities from God that are beyond our own natural faculties. Think about what I'm saying. You have your five physical senses, but there is such thing as a sixth sense. There is such thing as an awareness beyond the natural realm of awareness. And moms seem to get that. They just seem to know. Sometimes it's like weird. How did she know, you know, that, that was going on? And I mean, I, I've been busted so many times as a kid growing up. I mean, not that I ever did anything wrong, because rarely did I ever. <laughs> there will be commentary coming from my father, all service, I'm sure. <laughs> Fill in your first blank if you would. Obviously, the supernatural element of the Creator is revealed in the creation. It's pretty obvious. This is, we see this in, in many dimensions, many dimensions. The animal kingdom, the plant kingdom, there's a supernatural element of the Creator revealed in creation. Remarkable things take place in the world that we live in, and we scratch our heads and think, how can that be? How do cows eat green grass and give white milk? I don't understand some of the things that go on in the world that you and I live in. 
In December 2004, there was this massive tsunami, and National Geographic reported uh, that before the tsunami happened, before anybody knew this was happening, suddenly they began to realize elephants were running for higher ground. Before it happened, dogs were refusing to go outdoors, and before it happened, flamingos were abandoning their low-lying breeding grounds. Nobody knew what was going on, why it was taking place. It was starting to make the news, odd behavior in the animal kingdom. And then all of a sudden, the tsunami hits. You and I are equipped by God for more than we realize, and I want to awaken this today. I want to awaken. Have you ever had something awakened within your soul? And it begins to change the way you think. I want you to know you are not fighting your battles in the capacity that God designed you to fight your battles in unless you are completely abandoned to the cross of Christ and awakened by the Spirit of God. There is more in you than you realize. Have you ever had somebody tell you there's more in you than you realize? Maybe in athletics or academically, or they looked you in the eyes and they said, I see more in you than you see. I hear the Holy Spirit declaring that today. The Father is looking into your eyes. Will you drink in this word today and let God have his way in your life? I see more in you than you realize exists there. I see I'm calling to more that I've deposited in your life than you have allowed to emerge out of who you are. We are equipped by God for more than we realize. I'm going to ask you as your action point this week and for a few weeks, I want to ask you, memorize this verse as a family, as a goal. Uh, or with friends, whatever your community dynamic is. Maybe some of our community groups will memorize this verse together, say it together, rehearse it together, pray. I love to pray Scripture. Just start reading the verse. This is the way you do it. Jeremiah 33, 3 is the verse I'm asking you to memorize. Call to me, and I'll answer you. Pause. Lord, I just thank you that when I call to you, your word says that you will answer me. I thank you, Lord. You're asking me to initiate a conversational response to what you've already initiated. And I thank you, Lord. You promise in your word, Jeremiah 33, 3, that you will answer. Call to me, and I'll answer you. And I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Lord, I thank you that that you will tell me things that I cannot comprehend with my natural mind, things I don't know, and you'll begin to have a conversation with me. I thank you that's what your word says. I believe you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praying scripture is a powerful thing you can do that awakens a supernatural dynamic deep within your life. You are not created just to come, do your best, hopefully get religiously nice before you die and go to heaven. God's trying to invade earth with heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in the righteous are the highways to Zion. What that means is through Christ we're righteous. I'm quoting Psalms 84. Through Christ we become righteous. Not just righteous, the very righteousness of God. And God then is awakening heaven in our hearts. That's the highway to Zion. And as he awakens that within our hearts, we begin to live more powerful lives. We begin to live more abandoned lives. We begin to love, serve, and give with abilities beyond our own abilities. There is more generosity in you than you've ever realized existed because a generous God who created all the nation and gave his only son the ultimate expression of generosity. He's alive in you by his spirit. He wants you to begin to be awakened to those traits and characteristics of who he is. I love this because there's several verses I've given you here and the, the one I'm asking you to memorize is calling to me and I'll answer. 
Jeremiah 33, 3, I'll tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. It's a pretty easy verse to memorize, but I want to give you other verses to reflect on, and uh, you can keep, you know, put them in your phone, whatever, that's what I do. I do screenshots of my phone, and I can just kind of pass along and take a look at the different verses, and I rehearse them throughout the course of the day. When I have a pause, a break, you find yourself sitting at the doctor's office. Instead of being frustrated that you're waiting for your appointment, you can sit there and begin to rehearse Scripture quietly. I mean, make the most of your day. We can all do better at this. Instead of allowing ourselves to drift into a place of frustration, we can actually purpose those moments to come more alive to God. Come on. You, the Holy Spirit is with you everywhere you go. The Holy Spirit is right there with you in every moment you walk through. God is there with you wanting to have a conversation. Like he's eager to have a conversation. God is so eager to have a conversation with us that he sent his son, named his son a word. The word became flesh. The conversation of God began an expression that you and I could then identify with and begin to have this conversation. Salvation is not uh, just an initiation of life. Salvation is a cooperation with a conversation God already initiated well before you ever decided, I think I'll accept Christ. And then suddenly you begin to wake up to what conversational relationship with God is really all about. Call to me and I will answer you, tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. 1 Corinthians 4.1, men ought to regard us as those entrusted with the secret things of God. It should be known of you and said of you. How does she know that? How did he know that? How did you know I needed that note, that card at this exact moment? How were you aware my family was going through so much? Men ought to regard us. Human beings, normal, natural people should regard us as people that are listening to what God has to say about our world around us. Daniel 2.28, there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Daniel got some secrets going on. God began to speak to him about dreams in other people's bedrooms. I mean, God can do amazing and wonderful things. This is not just because Daniel was awesome, because I just want you to know, Daniel was here. I know this is going to shock you. This is going to challenge your theology a little bit, but, but here's, here's ground-level humanity. Daniel, faithful, excellent, man of God. Daniel, he rises to this place, finding favor in the sight of God, honoring God, honoring his covenant. But I want you to know, you're here. You know why you're here? Because you're in Christ. This is not about what you've accomplished. This is not about how good you've been. This is not about getting past how bad you've been. This is about surrendering and saying, this is not about me. This is about Jesus. God doesn't love you because you're valuable. You are valuable because God loves you. He initiated his love in your life because of who Christ is. And you can't do anything to change that. I'm sorry, you can't do anything to change that. God loves you, period. He loves you if you come to church. He loves you if you don't come to church. He loves you if you go to the giving stations and give money. He loves you if you don't give any money. He loves you if you lift your hands. He loves you if you don't lift your hands. He loves you if you engage with him and he loves you if you despise him he's an amazing amazing God he's absolutely in love wanting to speak to us and it's not about how good our behavior is we need to learn to live New Testament consecrated lives to the Lord our God I invite you especially during this season of time join me in fasting and praying at least one meal on Wednesdays doesn't make God more aware of you it makes you more aware of God We need to understand all of this, but just fasting, praying, asking God, Lord, awaken in me everything. That's my prayer. I'm just going to be praying. God, awaken within us everything you want to awaken within us. There's a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Isaiah 42, 9, see the former things have taken place and new things I declare before they spring into being, I announce them to you. I mean, this is Bible. 
Like, this is Scripture. God's making announcements before He does stuff. God's making announcements before He does stuff. He just does. I've, I've been hanging around here for a number of years now. I used to be the principal of our school. I'm in classrooms a lot still. I've been in a lot of classrooms, uh, and, and I watch as it doesn't matter if it's elementary, junior high, high school. It doesn't matter what grade level. When I'm in the classroom in the morning and the announcements come on, good morning, Destiny Christian School. Here are a few announcements for the day. You know what happens? Glaze over. How many of you, when announcements comes your way, glaze over? How many of you are watching your program on TV and it comes to the announcements and what do you do? You mute the TV, you start having a conversation, yet this is the Super Bowl flush, everybody runs to the bathroom at the same time during that, you know? I mean, that's that whole element of announcements. Just because an announcement is made doesn't mean anybody's paying attention. Just because you heard the announcement doesn't mean you listened to what was said. God makes announcements. I'm asking, are you practicing listening to the announcements God is making because it takes practice? Unless we've learned to pay attention, then we can be listening without, or hearing without really listening and paying attention. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. How many of you hear God's voice? I want you to raise your hand if you hear God's voice. Should be all of us. I'm just going to come right over, get, get into personal territory, particularly on behalf of all you moms today. How many ever had somebody hear you, but they weren't listening? Come on. <laughs> just give your husband an elbow. I'm glad I'm not in rib cage distance there. Just because you're hearing doesn't mean you're listening. What did the Bible say? My sheep hear my voice. Do you know you hear the voice of God? Do you know you hear the voice? I mean, I'm just talking what the Bible says. A lot of Christians don't let the Bible get in the way of what they've decided to believe. But I'm just talking about what the Bible says. I'm not trying to present to you theology and doctrines. I mean, I'm not interested in that. I want to know what the Bible has to say. And I'm going to do everything I can to live my life surrendered to Scripture. And, and letting his word be awakened within me to cause me to become everything he's called me to be. My sheep hear my voice. How many of you hear God's voice? Raise your hand if you hear God's voice. It's a little better. Some of you are afraid the men in white jackets will run in and take you out. He hears voices. Everybody say it with me. I can hear the voice of God. I can hear the voice of God. We just need to learn to listen to it. You know, we can be in a room full of talking people and voices going off at this decibel level, and I hear my mom say my name. She doesn't have to say it any louder than everybody else in the room, and I'll hear it. Have you experienced that before? Part of that is because we've been trained by hearing our mom's voice all these years. I, I've been trained, Lawrence Franklin Neeson! I mean, that, I, I know what that is. <laughs> I heard that a lot growing up. I was reminded constantly that there would be a turtle named after me when I was a child. I hate Franklin. But here I am, and I've heard my mom call my name so much and, and heard her voice so much and practiced listening to her voice so much that in a crowd full of voices, I can distinguish her voice. And in your life, if you will practice the voice of God in places of prayer enough, you can be in a, a world full of voices demanding your attention, asking for your perspective drawing you in but the voice of God will prevail and emerge and rise up higher than those voices 
So are you practicing praying attention? Write that in, please, praying. Are you practicing praying attention? Purpose places where you can be free from distraction and you can work on conversation with God, conversational prayer with your heavenly Father. If you think about um, God's depiction of what prayerful conversation is supposed to be, we see how God has revealed himself to us as Father. And so if you want to see a beautiful picture that Jesus has revealed for us to understand what prayer looks like, it is a child having a conversation with an amazing, loving Father. That's prayer. I know some of us feel like we have to speak King James in order for God to get it. Oh, thou heavenly Father, if you know, I mean, it makes me feel better about how God feels about me if I speak his language. His language, uh, I mean, if there's an uh, earthly language that's his language, it's Hebrew, and I don't know if you can speak that or not, uh, but, but he's not worried about all that. God comes to your language. I want you to know, a sacred prayer for some, I, 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 this was amazing for me. I've had some really crazy experiences where I've been in different church services and it kind of awakened things that aren't normal in me. That's why, you know, people call me Pastor Dude. I'm not, I'm not conventional in my thinking and, and, and ministry element. And I just, I just really want what God wants. And a lot of that came from being in church services, like in one instance uh, where guys from Skid Row in L.A. rode their motorcycles into the church service, into the church service, rode their Harleys down and and they're lined up in the front, and I'm, I'm standing there looking at this, and my, these, these dudes had come to know Jesus, and, and I want, you know, none of them spoke the King James language to God. It just wasn't the case. And as I was watching them down there, and they were crying out to God, hands raised up, I heard this one guy saying this, making this declaration, Jesus, you're my homeboy, you're my homeboy. And I think the Lord looked down and said, yeah, it's right, baby. He'll speak whatever language you speak. Isn't that what fathers do? How many of you have seen a great big dad melt? That's what happens when you get around a little baby. You don't require that you speak up like a man. He's an infant. You know, you become the baby. You want to know what prayer's like? Your father becomes you. He becomes where you are. He comes right down to your level. He begins to engage. He takes great, great excitement in the fact that there's a language going on, an expression taking place. Stop being so hard on yourself. Next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. You know what that is? Ooh. Pentecost. He said it. It's Pentecost Sunday. This incredible experience that we see in Scripture. It's amazing. I'm looking for my explanation of Pentecost. I don't have it in my notes here, but I thought I had a uh, shoot from the hip. It is a, oh, it's because this next, it's the message I got going for the following week. Uh, here's the bottom line. Pentecost, 50 days. 50 days after the Passover. This is where its origins are. Before Christ came, there was a Passover that took place. 50 days after Passover was the celebration of Pentecost or the celebration of the seed that had produced a harvest. Do you get that? 
Because then like Passover is when, when they were finding their lamb for the Passover feast, Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey and God was presenting his lamb. The very time that the, the Jews were finding their lamb, God was presenting his lamb with no blemish. And when Jesus was crucified 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave, it's the celebration of harvest of the seed. God sowed the only seed of his son and today reaps a harvest of many sons and many daughters as a result. That's what Pentecost is all about. I think we should probably get a grip on what this really is. We should let this filter in and begin to help define who we are. And so this is the way we're going to title this. This is, these these five weeks is going to be focused. We're going to call it Ghost Stories. You ready for this? Ghost. Mufasa. (laughs) Say it again. Ghost stories, a not so spooky series about the Holy Spirit. Not so spooky, just normal. This this is this is weird. This fall, we're going to talk about the tabernacle. We're going to learn all about the components of the tabernacle and how God gave us a blueprint for entering into the presence of God. And it's a phenomenal prayer progression. And I got that from Yongi Cho, and, and I've been praying that pretty consistently over the course of time. It takes about an hour for me to pray through that whole progression, and sometimes I just devote an hour just to go through that whole progression. We're going to go through that, and we're going to focus on that this fall. But here's the thing that's, that might wig you out just a little bit. Uh, you are actually not a body. You have a body. You're not a body. You are in there somewhere. Your body's going to wear out. Your body has an expiration date. But what's going on inside you is the real you that's going to live forever. You're not a body that has a soul. You're actually a spirit that has a body. Your body's just a container. We're all going to live forever. It's kind of a crazy thought. But I'm just talking about what the Bible says. We're all going to live forever. And what we want to do is just begin to understand more. That tabernacle progression was the expression that, no, you're not, you are the temple, that we might be awakened to recognize our physical body is actually a temple in which the priests and the kings dwell. And when you begin to be awakened to the supernatural purposes of God, you become a powerful king, powerful prophet, powerful priest that God's called you to be, anointed you to be, and desires for you to become. Let's stand together. <clears throat> been rich this morning. It's challenging. I discern the conversation of the Lord being awakened on brand new levels. Brand new levels. I want to ask you to memorize Jeremiah 33.3 as a family goal or do that with friends and And I want to invite you to read the book of Acts this next week. Read it. Even the parts you don't understand, pause and consider. When you get to Acts chapter 19, think about where it says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I want you to think about some of those things. I want you just to ponder. Write down the questions you have and ask God to begin to have a conversation with you about what he has to say in Scripture. I've never heard anybody speak 
like I feel the Lord has instructed me to speak over the course of these next five weeks. I feel there's a sense of purity that God wants to bring that alleviates all of our doctrinal conclusions. Some of you might have Pentecostal doctrinal conclusions that you may not like where I come from in all this. Because I'm just telling you, just because we think we figured it all out doesn't mean we figured it all out. There's a lot to look at in Scripture. So let's all, you know, if you had those etch-a-sketches and you draw the picture and you show the picture and then you think, ah, I'm going to start over. You kind of shake it right and it's all clean. Do that with your doctrine of the Holy Spirit. I want you to shake it all clean. We're going to start fresh. Read the book of Acts and start drawing it out again. We're going to start mapping it out. We're going to understand what God wants to do. <clears throat> so this is... This is what we're, we're going to take a few moments for. I'm going to introduce our elders. And I just felt like uh, this weekend I was to share this with you. My kids, Faith on the senior trip right now with our school, and Lexi on the front row, they know what it is for their daddy to lay hands on them and call for an awakened desire to serve their God call for the gifts of the Spirit to be awakened within their, they, they know what that is. Lay my hands on their head, on their shoulder, on their back. They, they know what that is. You know, I celebrated my dad and uh, I'm so thankful that you are serving Jesus today, sir. I love you with all my heart and it's a miracle what God's done in our family, in our home. Because I'll, I'll kiss this man on the cheek. I mean, I want you to know that's how much we're, we're emotional, endearing. But I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. And he could tell you this. We really had a hard time with each other when I was growing up. He was not serving God. He never laid his hands on me. He never called out of me the goodness of God. He never called out of me the gifts of God. And you know why I'm saying that? Because some of you in this room need to hear me say, just because you didn't get it doesn't mean you don't have it. And we have chosen to possess it. And I'm thankful. Come on, God is restored. Why don't you just give Him praise? God can restore.